Hey folks, if you've been tuning in over the last couple months, you've heard all about the GameTime app and how it can save you some serious cash on last-minute tickets to sports, concerts, all types of shows. That all types of shows, that last part there, that's what I love most about the GameTime app. Of course, we love sports here at The Athletic, but we love a lot of other things too. I can speak for myself and say I love classic rock, I love rock and roll music, I like going to the theater every now and again, and I can find tickets like that on game time and now it gets even better because game time is hooking you up for the holidays with a ten dollar credit here's what to do download the game time app in the google play or app store click on the my Tickets section of the app create an account then under the billing section redeem code the athletic once again that's the athletic all one word for ten dollars off your first purchase that's free money people Credit is only available to the first 1,000 people who redeem the code, and it expires at the end of this year. That's December 31st, 2019. So make moves quick and score last-minute tickets. Welcome into the week 16 episode of the ranking show. You know what that means unless you're Brandon Funston and play week 17 championships for some bizarre reason that uh, really defies explanation. It's your championship week. If you are listening to this, we can only assume you are in your championship. So first and foremost, congratulations for advancing to this point. We hope that we had at least a little something uh, to do with getting you here, but uh, certainly all the uh, credit is due to you. So congratulations. Hopefully we can get through one more week, one more W, and hoist a championship trophy together. I am Michael Beller, joined as I am every single week in the ranking show by that week 17er, Brandon Funston and Jake Seeley. Guys, I'm in two championships, my home league and another league with a bunch of friends, so I am very excited. Wondering if either of you guys are uh, as well. Uh, we'll, go to, uh, we'll go to you first, Jake, in any championships? Yeah, home league, which is the important one, and ran away with that one last week. Christian McCaffrey, Jameis Winston, Chris Godwin, Travis Kelsey, uh, somebody else scored a bajillion. Like, I had four or five guys get me over 100 by themselves, so that was nice to see. I, I got, I told you uh, before the show, is got knocked out in week 14 in a lot of leagues, a lot of overlaps. Damian Williams, James Connors, Josh Jacobs, a lot of my guys either hurt or, you know, didn't come through in week 14. So it was pretty much a bloodbath. The worst one to see. I told you this other one too, the flex super flex, which I run somehow didn't even make the playoffs with Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson in a super flex league. And also Aaron Rodgers is my other quarterback and Kenyon Drake, which by the way, cause the other <laughs> side of that is not only did I make the playoffs, I'm running rough shot over the consolation bracket, putting up 178 points last week. And just it, that's, that always stings a little bit when you watch your team just go ballistic in the, mm-hmm. like the losers bracket. Yeah, that should be impossible to not be in the playoffs with uh, with those two guys, with uh, McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson. We're actually going to talk about this uh, when we get into the rankings, but uh, those two guys are on the, the, the top two players in Yahoo's top 500 public league teams. They're, on the, they're the two most owned. Uh, so uh, to have both of them and not make the playoffs, that's quite the accomplishment, Jake. <laughs> I know. I know. Is, that, is that an accomplishment I really want? <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, how about you, Brandon? Championship bound? You guys may not realize this, but I'm in the championship of the Athletic League, which probably you guys. Uh, oh, I did were. not realize that. <laughs> I am playing Michael Salfino. My seven and six squad has moved on, beating uh, Mr. Dan Kaufman last week. Uh, that's maybe not good for job security, but uh, <laughs> such as it is. I'm actually in a championship in another league, and it's the craziest thing ever. I'll give you the quick uh, rundown of what happened this last week. Uh, I'm playing in Chris Harris's league. If you guys probably know Chris Harris, formerly of ESPN and of now course. Harris Podcast. That's uh, a pretty competitive league, and I was in the semifinal. And the girl I'm going against, uh, so she is uh, she is thinking that she's going to lose. She's It's basically the San Francisco game is running out of time against Atlanta, and uh, I, am, I am ahead by less than a point, and she's completely downtrodden. That last play, the kickoff, Raheem Moster is the guy who throws the lateral that gets recovered and returned for a touchdown by Atlanta. Well, I had Raheem Moster. That's minus two in our league. So she suddenly, in the, on that last play, goes ahead <laughs> by 1.06. Her quarterback is Mitch Trubisky. It's his MFL league. And during the aftermath of all the games, they do some stat corrections, and Mitch Trubisky 
uh, had like a lateral for four or a, a screen pass uh, judged to be a lateral for 14 yards. So that took points off the board for her team. And then he also had a fumble recovery of Tariq Cohen, which he ran for five yards, which they counted as five yards rushing, which was not correct. So in the aftermath, Trubisky loses enough that we tie 123.58 to 123.58. There's no tiebreakers in this league because they thought that 100th decimal place would be enough to, to take care of that. So they're, as it stands, unless there's stat corrections on Thursday morning, they're going to advance both of us into the final game against the guy <laughs> who won on the other side. So it's a three-team championship. That is wild. I've never heard anything like that. That is that's that's insane. But I do I, I want to backtrack one second because I didn't know that was your team, Brandon. By the way, you're welcome for being in the championship game because of all my leagues, that was a league I forgot to update my roster in week fourteen when Josh Jacobs was completely out. That game I had Drew Brees, AJ Brown, and Chris Carson on my bench before because I forgot to do my starting lineup <laughs> and lost by thirteen. So I would have blown you out of the water, but I forgot you're welcome. You're welcome well, for forgetting full, to start full my lineup. Full disclosure, full disclosure, my tight end last week was Ryan Griffin. Who <laughs> went on IR before the game started? So. No, no, no. This was two weeks ago, week, ago. week okay. fourteen. Oh, yeah. you gave week me four- you you allowed me to advance. I see. Is what yes, you're I forgot to update my roster on that. What I knew, I was forgetting a league too in week fourteen, and I was like, "What league?" Not, I was like, "I can't." Not, it wasn't the highest on my priority list either. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I get it. That, that, that's funny. I didn't know you were amb- ambassadors of Quan. <laughs> There you go, a little Jerry Maguire reference. Gotta love that. This is why you guys need to keep a spreadsheet of all your leagues and pools like I do. I, did, I had it for waivers. I just forgot it for lineups. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, well, at least we uh, we all get to play a little bit of uh, Week 16 fantasy football, a few championships. So that, uh, that's fun. We'll be joining you listeners out there playing our championships. So, you know, our money is really where our mouth is, not just where our job security is, but where our mouth is when we go through these rankings. You can follow Jake on Twitter at all and kid. Follow Brandon at Brandon Funston, and I am at M. Beller. Yes, this is our last ranking show of 2019. We'll be back with you just after the new year to take one quick look ahead at 2020 rankings, but you can still go to theathletic.com slash the ranking show to get 40% off an annual subscription to The Athletic. If you are out there listening on iTunes, Spotify, wherever it might be in the free universe, if uh, you're going to do that before you uh, go get that subscription, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, It does really help us out, so we uh, would appreciate that. Uh, That uh, subscription will get you access to the Friday update to the show. We will be doing that one last time, me and Derek Van Riper, this Friday before we call it a season, uh, going over any last uh, little last-minute updates that we might get over the next couple of days. And while the fantasy football season uh, is ending, fantasy baseball right around the corner, fantasy basketball in full swing. Of course, Brandon hosts a fantasy basketball show every week here at The Athletic called Dunks and Dimes with Eric Wong. Brandon, what have uh, you guys been getting into recently? Uh, Eric's been kind of redoing his, uh, you know, he did his preseason rankings, and now we're uh, a couple months into the season. It's time to kind of revisit those. So we've been working through his updated center, guard, and forward rankings. We did those on the last two shows so uh if you're interested in seeing where people are kind of uh resettled as the season's been going along you can check those out and he's got that also up on the uh on the side on the athletic as well there you go fantasy bad the fantasy sports world never ends or never sleeps and dunks and dimes every friday with brandon and uh, Eric Wong to get you through your fantasy basketball season with as much success as you have had in your fantasy football seasons. Of course, that uh, subscription will also get you access to Jake's Ranks, and that's what we use as the foundation for this show every single week, all the way back to September, all the way up now to week 16 in the middle of December. We are still using those, and we suggest that you do so as well. Guys, let's get into the week 16 rankings. Well, uh, you know, on. I put this. Yeah, go it, ahead. Go ahead. I, I, you, you always ask. And this is the one week you didn't. It was, it was arguably, and I'm saying this as on part of the show, but I think everybody would agree. I think it was the best D'Angelo Williams to be on a show ever because he talks about what it's like to be booed. And also he has the <laughs> what it's like when you get lit. I mean, lit up in football. He has a story of what he still remembers today of how hard he got hit by your boy, Brandon Cam Chancellor. So I would definitely give it a listen. 
Can't I give Brandon a little love every now and again, Jake? You We're talking can. about to be honest just, all the time. You can also this is include a bad way I just give me love, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, check out To Be Honest as well. It's a, it's a great show with Jake and D'Angelo Williams, and uh, it's, it's a show that man, I always I always have to like stop and not say D'Angelo Russell. See, I've got dunks and dimes on the brain. <laughs> D'Angelo Williams every single week. Uh, Jake and D'Angelo getting into what it's like to be an NFL player and looking at it now after yeah. his career uh, has ended. So a uh, great show, two great shows to check out on The Athletic. And now, now, Jake, can we get into Week 16 rankings? Uh, I think so. All right, great. So uh, so the way I put this together is I was trying to think, right, I mean, we'll go back a couple of weeks. Every single player theoretically is available because everyone is playing in fantasy leagues. Now we've got two people uh, playing in every single league, and that's it. So I wanted to try to find guys who I thought – would be most involved in championship games this week. Uh, and so one way I did that was by pulling up uh, the the, uh, the team tracker stats that Yahoo and CBS both keep, uh, the way that they track like who's on their best teams. That's where I pulled that Lamar and uh, Christian McCaffrey stat from. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit. Now, Dalvin Cook had the seventh highest ownership rate um, among the top 500 public league teams on Yahoo. Obviously, Delman Cook is not going to be available to those teams who survived his injury last week and moved on to the championship this week. So that could mean uh, a big spot for Alexander Madison or Mike Boone. Now, that's a Monday night football game against the Green Bay Packers, so we might not have clarity on this situation when you're setting your lineups on Saturday and Sunday of this week. So we'll go to you first on this, Jake. How do you handle this if we don't know if Madison is going to be able to play because of the ankle injury that kept him out last week? So I want to avoid this unless we get word by Friday on that Dalvin Cook and Madison are out because if we get Cook going to be active, uh, who the heck knows what they're going to do with him? Is it a T.Y. Hilton treatment? Is it he's just active just to be active and throw people off the scent type of situation, which would make sense, but that's going to be cloudy and you're not going to be able to wait. Even if Cook is announced out and Madison is active, I don't see Madison walking away with the Dalvin Cook treatment where he's talking about 70-80% of the touches. I think he might look at 55-60% with Boone being sprinkled in because Madison's coming off his own ankle injury, which still is shrouded in mystery of this. What the heck happened? They haven't told if it's his high ankle, mid ankle, low ankle, what happened in practice, where this came from. But all that being said is like the best case scenario is we find out they're both out and that's on Friday or even Saturday. And then, you know, the job is Mike or Boone's to go ahead to that game. And then in that case, I think Boone's inside the top 15 conversation, but I don't think that's going to happen. And that's why I would avoid this and I would avoid waiting as much as possible. Like I would roll out. I know we're going to talk about him, but I mean, Kareem Hunt's of the world, Adrian Peterson's of the world. Like those, I would just put those guys in there instead of waiting and then dealing with a potential timeshare. Yeah, I think I mostly agree. I mean, if you happen to be lucky enough to own Madison and Boone, uh, maybe you – yeah, I mean, Jake's right. I think this is this is very complicated, and I'm in complete agreement. The best-case scenario is Mike Boone is is deemed the starter, and Madison and Cooker uh, ruled out, and we know that early enough. And I was going to say the same thing. I think if that's the case, I'm putting Mike Boone in my top 15 at the running back position this week. Green Bay has not been good against the run, um, and – and yeah, I mean, I, I completely concur, but I didn't even rank. I didn't even put my ranks in. I see Jake's got, you know, Madison 29 and, and Mike Boone 39. Those don't mean anything because we don't know anything. And there's so much, uh, <laughs> so much infor information that needs to be learned over the next few days. I will say that if neither Madison or Cook practice this week, uh, I might be willing to, I might be willing to hedge on, on Boone and go ahead and go for it. This is complicated even further, and forget about Monday Night Football and the injuries, complicated even beyond that by you know, Minnesota's playoff realities. Uh, they could be have their playoff spot clinched if the Rams lose to the 49ers on Saturday night, and then beyond that, they're one game behind Green Bay. Green Bay has the tiebreaker, so even if they beat Green Bay this week, all the Packers have to do to win the division is beat Detroit in Week 17. You know, Mike Zimmer's not going to come out and say it, but realistically, behind closed doors, Minnesota's got to feel like it's a pretty big long shot for them to win the division. The, the, the best thing they could do for themselves is maybe get up to the five seed and get to play the NFC East winner rather than having to play whoever lands in the three spot among Green Bay, New Orleans, and San Francisco. So that, too, another complicating factor as you look at this Minnesota backfield for Week 16. 
Jake, you mentioned Kareem Hunt. He's the next running back that I want to talk about. Right now he's being started in just more than half of both Yahoo and CBS leagues. We know that Kareem Hunt is really doing nearly all of his damage as a receiver. Last week he got nine targets, caught eight of them for 62 yards. It's a very tough matchup this week with the Browns welcoming the Ravens to Cleveland. Remember, the Browns handed the Ravens one of their two losses, believe it or not, on the season. So the Ravens making the trip to Cleveland uh, with revenge in mind and locking up the number one seed in the AFC in mind. They're 10-point favorites, and that could potentially play to Kareem Hunt's strengths. Brandon, I'm going to go to you first on this one. Uh, you've got him as RB26, just a couple of spots behind where Jake has him. I assume you think that that means he's got enough receiving upside to be worth a start. It's got some upside. Really, Baltimore hasn't given up a lot through the air to running backs. They haven't, I mean, they've given up the fewest running back touches. The biggest problem with going against Baltimore is they, is they run away with football games. And if that's the case, that's trouble for Cleveland's backfield. But you can run on Baltimore as long as you can kind of keep the score close and get volume to your running backs. We've seen running backs run very well against them, not necessarily do a whole lot through the air. That's why I'm, I think Kareem Hunt's kind of a low-ceiling play I would consider him in a flex spot I don't think I'd consider him as a, as a true RB2 this week uh, he's been consistent and in half PPR leagues he's getting you know 10 plus points a week pretty much every week uh, I just think um, if Cleveland doesn't come to play and keep this game close uh, it could be a problem for Kareem Hunt and even in passing situations where he's been really good Baltimore's been really good at limiting those opportunities so uh, i you know, I I, I kind of given him a nod just because he's been so consistent at landing, uh, you know, in those double digit range and half PPR leagues that I'm going to go ahead and, and throw him kind of in this mid 20s mix. But I'm I don't think I, I'm he, that Kareem Hunt's the guy that's going to win me a championship. Uh, I think he could be part of the equation, though, kind of similar to you know, make the arguments of can a quarterback win you a Super Bowl or can he just be part of the puzzle and, you know, he can just help manage enough. And I think that's what you said is like he's not the high ceiling guy, but similar to Darren Sproles in his past years, Darren Sproles can be part of your championship team because since Kareem Hunt came back, he's RB 15, 15 to your point, because to Brandon's point, double digits in all but one game and the one game he didn't, it was 8.8 again. Also, to Brandon's point, his ceiling for those games is 15 points, but you're pretty much guaranteed to get inside that 10 to 15 range, even if, if like as you said, Baltimore does push the score. Well, that just means more work for Kareem Hunt because he's basically taking that role away from Nick Chubb and has basically turned Nick Chubb into Derrick Henry. So I think that you put him in there as a low RB2, which is where I have him next just He's the last RB2 on the list. But, you know, you, you use him as part of the puzzle, He's, as Brad has said, though. If if you're behind, if you're evaluating your entire roster, and you look at your roster and you say, man, I, I really need some upside. I just lost Godwin, and I just lost somebody else, and whatever. You know, then he might not be in your lineup. Yeah, I think it's a fair assessment of where Kareem Hunt stands going into Week 16. Again, I do expect the Ravens to uh, treat this one like a business trip, go in, get an easy victory, and lock up that number one overall spot on the AFC side of the playoff bracket. Let's talk about a running back on another playoff-bound AFC team. That is Devin Singletary of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he is 38th in ownership rate among those top Yahoo teams. And again, I got clarification on what exactly that means from uh, our friend, our literal friend, Andy Behrens at Yahoo this morning. So uh, thanks to you, Andy. These are all teams across the Yahoo universe. So not just teams that are alive in their championships, just the top 500 teams. Uh, 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 Devin Singletary had the 38th highest ownership rate on those 500 teams, which is still pretty impressive. I mean, if you take a look at that list, you see a lot of guys who outperformed expectations uh, this season in addition to the uh, top of the top stars like Christian McCaffrey. So Devin Singletary likely on a lot of teams who are going to be uh, playing in fantasy championships this week. Jake is at RB25, Brandon at RB21. This is one of the Saturday games with the Bills getting that rematch against the Patriots, this time in New England. New England won the first one 16-10 and are favored by 6.5 points in this one. Jake, going to go to you first. Now, Devin Singletary missed the first game between these two teams. He was injured way back in Week 4. How much do you fear this New England matchup for Singletary this weekend? A uh, great deal. And, I mean, look, I, I fear both defenses in this game, and I kind of want to avoid this game altogether if I can, fancy purposes-wise, because the only people that have really done much against this team are Ezekiel Elliott, Mark Ingram, Nick Chubb, and, well, Frank Gore somehow did what he did in that first game that you're talking about. But those are the four. Oh, Joe Mixon last week, too. And at, outside of Frank Gore, you know, I don't, I don't put – 
David Singletary in the conversation with those other th- four running backs, those four running backs are, we're talking top 10 players in the NFL. If you look at the way Joe Mixon's played recently, you'd argue this might be top seven running backs in the NFL. And I'm not going to put Singletary there, mostly because if you look at it, the touchdown is the problem. One rushing touchdown, one receiving touchdown. So, well, I, I, I can't see Devin Singletary. Like, put it this way, to go with what Brandon said before, if I'm coming down to I'm going to shoot for the ceiling, sure, I'll play Devin Singletary. But to have the conversation with what Brandon was just bringing up about Kareem Hunt, I'm playing Kareem Hunt 10 times out of 10 unless I'm desperate for the ceiling. Yeah, I think you you can run on New England. I mean, I th- you're right. The biggest problem is they've given up two running back touchdowns. I mean, they're giving up over 4.2 yards per carry to the running back position. Uh, Devin Singletary is turning up, you know, 80 plus rushing yards week in and week out. Now he's getting he's getting touches, and you just have to hope that this game stays close. And I, you know, you you've seen this Patriots offense. It's it's kind of a crappy offense right now. It's a great Bills defense. I think this is a war of attrition. I think Devin Singletary gets you know, 20 touches, and I think he can get you close to 100 yards from scrimmage out of that. Uh, you know, the touchdown's the issue. They just haven't – New England doesn't give them up, and so that's that's where, you know, similar to Cream Hunt, you see a limited ceiling for Devin Singletary. But I don't think you'll have – you know, I don't think he'll have a really, really tough time getting uh, kind of the numbers that he's been getting of late. It's just, uh, as I mentioned and you mentioned, touchdown upside doesn't doesn't feel too good in this. 15.75 implied team total right now as we sit here on Wednesday for the Bills. Uh, that is the lowest on the board this week, tied with the lowly Detroit Lions, who are headed to Denver to take on the Broncos this week. So not expecting a ton of scoring on either side of Bills and Patriots. And uh, hey, maybe we get it a third time in the playoffs eventually. One more running back to talk about here, Adrian Peterson. I mean, Guys, I need to uh, you know come come clean and you know, issue a mea culpa here. I was uh, dogging Adrian Peterson as totally cooked, totally done. Couldn't get him anywhere near any of my fantasy teams either of these last two seasons, and he has proved me wrong both years. Over the last three games, Peterson has 49 carries, 241 yards, and three touchdowns to score a piece in his last three contests. He's going to lead this backfield once again this week in the Chase Young Bowl with the uh, Redskins taking on the Giants. The loser of this game will almost certainly end up with the number two overall pick in the NFL draft. Uh, Brandon, you are at RB25 and Jake at RB28. Brandon, we got one last big fantasy championship game in Adrian Peterson this week. Uh, I don't know if we got a big one, but I think he's a decent he's a decent play. I mean, you know, 36 carries in the last couple weeks. His touchdowns in three straight games, getting decent yardage. You're not, you're not going to expect a whole lot in the passing game, uh, but I think this matchup at home, I think he could be serviceable. I, I mean, I don't really. Where, where do you have him, Jake? You have him 28th. I thought, I thought that was a little bit low. I thought you were kind of a Peterson fan. Three spots. I, <laughs> I know. I'm just kind of curious. Uh, you know, I, I would expect you to actually be higher than than me on Peterson, but. Uh, why? I think he's. I don't. I don't know. He, every time. Every time. Uh, you know, we'd bring up Adrian Peterson. You're always fairly positive about him. No, I'm not. You're, you're thinking of Darius Geis. I'm a. I was the Darius Geis guy. Yeah, um, you, you're getting your but shows I, but mixed I know, up. Okay. All right. <laughs> Why do you hate Adrian Peterson then? Oh, there's. There's. There you go. That's a good pivot. I like that. <laughs> Right, look, it's we're three spots apart. You know, jokes aside or whatever. Like this is just what it is. Is it, most everybody at some point has moved to half or full point PPR, and it's basically poor man's Derrick Henry for bring him's name back up. And you know, Adrian Peterson's honestly in the Sony Michelle level at this point. The volume is there, dude, but that's better is because he's getting more volume and more guaranteed touches than Sony Michelle. So hey, it's a fair range. I always feel like though here's and this hey, you know what I do hate him. I, I will say this, Brandon, because <laughs> well no because I feel like twenty something is where he needs to be ranked, but he's always going to be too high or too low. He either finishes like thirteen or thirty seven and. The problem is, is just you can't rank them at either end. You got to rank them in the middle, and it's never going to be right. That's so I do hate. I actually hate Adrian Peterson. <laughs> in your <laughs> face, in, Adrian. Put him in the Jared Cook camp, huh? Yeah. 
maybe not quite uh, at that level, but uh, he is one of those guys, uh, who, like you said, Jake, 13, 35, whatever it's going to be. Maybe on average it comes out to 25, but uh, you're going to see very few RB 25 weeks exactly out of Adrian Peterson. And again, the Chase Young Bowl. Be sure to tune in. Redskins <laughs> and Giants this weekend. Uh, one last time, one last hurrah this season for running backs in every position, but running backs to take a chance on. Jake, we'll start with you. Adrian Peterson no I'm just kidding (laughs) so I put Devontae Freeman because similar to your point about hey it's week 16 I I don't think you need to get that desperate if you're in the championship you're not rolling out there and saying oh I like I doubt a lot of people are on Adrian Peterson for your championship game so I'll say I'll give you two just for this reason Devontae Freeman's out there because he's facing the Jaguars and the Jaguars are starting to get up in there with the conversation of the Bengals for being as bad they're not quite the Panthers but they're up in that hey you start your running backs against them especially PPR and that's Devontae Freeman's bread and butter at this point if you are 14 16 team league because some people have tweeted and said they just like don't that take do that my sometimes. guy don't take two and then take my guy you're gonna leave me with nobody well, we'll find out it's not Adrian Peterson you can have Adrian Peterson so I can say the snap count was exactly the same. The production was better. This is somebody I brought up earlier this year and not say oh, I'm not back patting myself for that. I'm just saying he was the sixth round pick. Patrick Laird was the undrafted free agent. You, Dolphins might give some love to Miles Gaskins to see what they have for next year to see. Hey, you know what? Maybe we wait one more year before we draft the running back as we do this rebuild. So I think that Gaskin again, this is 14, 60. This is a, that's the desperation flyer play. But I would go Gaskin before I went Laird this week. Yeah, I actually like that. I considered Gaskin, um, and I just think he's a better runner than Patrick Laird. And so I would not be surprised. I, I feel the same way. I was kind of down on Patrick Laird last week, and I would not be surprised if they do give him some more runs. So I think that's a good call in deeper leagues. I think Boston Scott sounds like Jordan Howard's not going to play again. Yes. I mean, I don't know if Boston Scott is a, is a whole lot worse play than Kareem Hunt, kind of similar in that you're going to maybe get – you know, a dozen, maybe a couple more touches. They're going to be in similar ways, maybe a half dozen rushes and, and, and a lot of upside in the passing game. And Dallas has given up a lot of receptions to the running back position. You've, you've mentioned it in your column, Jake, about Darren Sproles are kind of the same guy. Uh, but can Boston Scott give you 10-plus half PPR fantasy points? Absolutely. He's done it the last two games, and I don't see why he wouldn't do it again if no Jordan Howard's out there. Yeah, no Jordan Howard. Sounds like that's going to be the case again this week. He kicks off our look at uh, running backs with injuries that we want to be tracking the next couple of days. Uh, Of course, the Minnesota guys, Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison. We already talked plenty about that. Josh Jacobs played and played well last week, but no guarantee he plays this week, still dealing with that shoulder injury. Carlos Hyde suffered an ankle injury last week, had a useful game for people who rolled him out in Week 15. We'll see if he's able to give it a go. And remember, that is Saturday, Week 16, Texans and Buccaneers. And then finally, a couple of rib injuries that we've talked about the last few weeks, Damian Williams and Bo Scarborough. Even if one or both of those guys is able to play, Probably not guys that you want to trust in your fantasy lineups in week 16. Let's move on to the wide receiver position, you guys. I want to start out with Emmanuel Sanders for uh, the reasons that I mentioned a little bit earlier. This guy, 43rd in ownership rate among the top Yahoo teams. He started right around 50%, both CBS and Yahoo. So uh, just piecing those two things together, we likely have some championship owners who are deciding whether or not they should be starting Emmanuel Sanders. we got wide receiver 34 for Jake and wide receiver 37 for Brandon. This is the nightcap on Saturday, 49ers and Rams. The 49ers favored by six and a half points. Last time we saw this team, they were busy giving away the top seed in the NFC by losing to the Falcons. Jimmy Garoppolo in the passing game had a horrible performance in this one. Brandon, or in Latin, in that one against Atlanta. Going to start with you on this one, Brandon. Uh, do we think a bounce back is in order for the 49ers passing attack this week? And if so, how much of that will Emmanuel Sanders have to do with? Um, I will see. I'm, maybe they'll bounce back a bit, but I don't know if Emmanuel Sanders is going to be a big part of it. I think the conventional wisdom is that Jalen Ramsey is going to shadow him. Um, but, you know, we're hanging a lot. We're hanging our hat with Emmanuel Sanders if you're starting him on that seven-catch, 157-yard touchdown performance against New Orleans. If you look at the body of his work in San Francisco, it's mostly been stuff that you don't want. I mean, you had, you know, surrounding that, 24-yard, no touchdown, 33 yards, no touchdown, 15 yards, no touchdown, 41 yards, no touchdown, and last week, nine yards, no touchdown. I mean, that's that's he's paid the bills once in the last uh, month and a half. And uh, it's, it's just too up and down, especially if you're going to be pulling Jalen Ramsey. Um, 
I'm steering clear. Uh, you know, it, it's, he, it, it's, he's a veteran. It's capable of maybe doing something. That's probably why I'm, I'm giving him the nod in the in the back end of the 30s. But if he's not a top 50 wide receiver this week, that would not shock me either. Yeah, I, th- I pretty much think he's Adrian Peterson wide receivers. This is going to be wrong. So one way or another is that <laughs> the, you just mentioned the upside and the downside is a lot to do with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, you, we start to feel good after that Saints game and saying, you know what, hey, all right, maybe this is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, as in if it needs to be on his shoulders, it can be. And then last week, it's complete opposite. It looked like, oh, my God, this is legit. And this is real football side of things. Is like this looks like a legit concern for the 49ers. So I think it just comes down to his play, and it's not a great matchup, whether it's Ramsey or the rest of the secondary, because since they added Ramsey, he was already a good secondary to begin with. And since they added him, it's kind of similar to the Fitzpatrick addition with the Steelers. It's just that they've been really good, I guess, a lot. They, there's, there's a few flashes there, and if anybody's going to do it, I would say Sanders over Debo. But I don't feel great about it. If I, I, I don't feel – put it this way, it, he's not on the list, but we're going to talk about his teammate. I'm starting Perriman over Sanders. I mean, you can look at the ranks and see that. There's a lot of guys that I would go before I went with Sanders. Not his teammate, but some. You know, we're going to be talking about Perriman's teammate a little bit later. That's what I meant. Yeah. 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 Don't worry. We'll get, we'll get to those bucks in a second. But first I want to hit on James Washington because he's another guy who uh, you know has quietly co- cobbled together – a few useful games, one of them coming last week against the Bills, five catches for 83 yards and 11 targets in that one. Now, obviously, this guy's off, basically off your radar. We wouldn't be talking about him in most normal situations. Uh, wide receiver 54 for Jake and wide receiver 43 for Brandon. But with the injuries that have happened at the wide receiver position the last few weeks, we could see uh, some interesting wide receiver starters in fantasy football championships. And with, the, with what Washington has done of late, maybe he ends up being one of those guys. Uh, Jake, we'll go to you first on this one. How much does this change if Juju Smith-Schuster is able to suit up against the Jets this weekend? No, so this is I, this is my ranking with Juju Smith-Schuster in the rankings. Uh, okay. there's, a, there's a couple guys when it sounds potential, I'll put them in there and then pull people out. So on the flip side, you know, if it's like Damian Williams, I like I have him out and then I'll put him back in if things change there. But so this is with Juju. And I'm actually I know you put the statement there and I'm actually going to disagree with you a little bit. I think that if it is no Juju, I do think he's 100 percent in play. I think that I would probably have James Washington as a wide receiver three against the Jets. Absolutely. I, I don't see how I don't want him in my lineup with the fact that He's been out there producing as the number one for more games than Deontay Johnson has. I think that they're both intriguing, and I'm going to lean the James Washington talent. I still think is slightly better. I like both of them for the future, but I still I still give him the slight edge. And you know, Devlin Hodges at quarterback, Mason Rudolph. I don't really care. I'm go- I'm going to lean Washington over Deontay Johnson, and I think Deontay Johnson is probably a high end wide receiver four if there's no juju against the Jets. Yeah, I, I mean, I I've kind of ranked him with half expectations of Juju we thought Juju was going to play last week and then he didn't and who knows if we'll get the same kind of treatment this week but I think the the key with the Jets is that you attack those outside corners and uh you know with Juju in the slot uh I think you would expect James Washington who's been pretty consistent over the last month and a half with Hodges um I would give him you know a decent shot at making a play now I've ranked him outside my top 40 so I'm not giving him a strong, you know, consideration for starting this week, but I think he's a decent uh, kind of flyer for sure. And I, I can see the potential for him to make some big plays. Uh, they, he certainly was open a lot last week. I think the biggest issue for for Washington is just the quarterback play. It's just terrible. Hodges looked awful last week, and he was open multiple times, and you know, had you know nothing to show for it coming away on a couple of those targets. So uh, we'd need better play from Hodges to, to really take advantage. But there are burnable corners on the outside uh, for the Jets, and for that reason I've got him as kind of a mid-range wide receiver four. Yeah, Jets-Steelers, one of many games this week with an over-under south of 40. Uh, we've had some reliably low-scoring teams, and those are two of them, so to get them together, I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see that one come in with uh, you know uh, 20 points getting you the victory. James Washington, however, even in a low-scoring environment, could factor into the fantasy championship mix. So could Justin Watson. Here he is, our next guy to talk about here. Now, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. Those guys were on a ton of great teams. Uh, Godwin was fourth in that ownership rate among top Yahoo teams, and Evans fifth. We know Evans is out for sure. 
Chris Godwin basically out for sure. You've got a lot of people who relied on those guys who are now playing in their fantasy championships without their wide receiver one, and that is what makes Justin Watson an intriguing guy this week. We know Brashad Perriman is someone who you are going to start. I don't think that is uh, a question whatsoever. I think Brashad Perriman is an autoplay if you've got him. I'm wondering where Justin Watson fits into the mix. I will be starting him on one of those two championship teams. It's a very deep league. Mike Evans was my guy. Without Webb Evans, I feel basically like my best bet is to turn to Justin Watson. Going up against the Houston Texans again, this is one of those Saturday games. Uh, Brandon, you're at wide receiver 52 and Jake at wide receiver 49. Brandon, I'm going to start with you on this one. Uh, do we know what we can expect out of Justin Watson? I mean, there still should be plenty of targets. Tampa's not going to change its stripes, right? Right. I mean, you you know they're going to air it out. And I think, you know, what gives me pause is we argued Perryman and Watson last week. I think we all ended on Perryman being the guy. But Watson goes out and gets in two targets in a game against Detroit. And that was uh, – that was disappointing production. Um, I kind of, I'm probably going to end up having Watson in my in inside the top 50 right now. I have him at 52nd, but Scotty Miller's out, and and Godwin's probably going to be out. Uh, and it's pretty hard not to, uh, with the matchup, think that Watson is going to get more than the two targets he saw last week. Even with Jameis Winston saying that you know Cam, uh, Cameron Brayton. Uh, and O.J. Howard, we're going to get fed this week. Uh, I think there's plenty to go around for everybody that's actually going to be a healthy and able body in this game. So I'll probably move Watson maybe closer to where James Washington is in the mid-40s. But uh, that he came up short last week definitely gives me pause. It does, definitely feels like it's Perryman and maybe O.J. Howard that will lead the way this week in the passing game. But still something left for the others as well. Yeah, this is kind of yeah, – he's going to definitely be higher for me, and I'm already slightly ahead of Brandon for it. It's Scotty Miller. It was – you know, when I ran the projections, this is you know Tuesday night. Scotty Miller just was announced, what, Tuesday evening, Wednesday morning, somewhere mm-hmm. around. I forget it was, was – basically, it was after the projections. So, with no Scotty Miller – and they just it was call me Ishmael, the other dude that's out there. Uh, it's I don't I don't know what's going on with the guy that promoted. I've never even heard of him. So that just tells you. Although Emery's probably heard of him. Emery's heard of everybody. <laughs> Definitely. But, yeah, this is kind of go. In my opinion, this is going to kind of look like the Eagles. You're going to see a lot of OJ Howard and Cameron Bray as a two tight end, but two tight ends with. You know the fact that Watson and you know, Perriman are going to be the top two. I'm a I'm a Watson fan for the opportunity here, and it's a great matchup for him. I think that he's going to be higher, not in the wide receiver three conversation, but just outside of it, I could see him sneaking into that top end of the tier for the wide receiver fours. I certainly hope you're right with him getting a nod for me in my home league where I am definitely the underdog, hoping he can take over one of those big Evans or Godwin roles and play somewhat like one of those two guys. Is that too much to ask? Week 16, is that really too much to ask? We got Uh, Christmas and Hanukkah coming together (laughs) right now. It's like perfect time to be asking for – you know, gifts from someone. So please, that's the that's the gift I want. A Justin Watson as Mike Evans sort of game this week for uh, for the Buccaneers against the Houston Texans. We talked James Washington. How about a receiver on the other side of that Jets Steelers game? Jamison Crowder, another guy who has turned up on a lot of very good teams. 29th in ownership rate among those top Yahoo teams. Uh, if you started him last week, maybe he carried you to championship week. The guy had two touchdowns and 90 yards on six catches in what was a tough spot against Baltimore. This week, also a tough spot against Pittsburgh. Uh, Jake, you're at wide receiver 41. Brandon at wide receiver 35. Jake, I got to assume, down at 41 on Crowder with the way he's played, got to assume a lot of that's got to do with the matchup against Pittsburgh. Uh, it's Crowder, too, honestly. I mean, Crowder without a touchdown – is bleh. I mean, look at his entire season. He, I think he's got outside of week one where he had 17 targets. Uh, as after that, he's got one game where he hit double digits without a touchdown. And even if you want to include that, let's just say it. Two two games on the entire season without a touchdown or double digits. And heading into last week's game, 2.8, 1.8, 4.4. Oakland, Cincinnati, Miami. And that's not exactly a murderer's row of defenses <laughs> no. to face. So now you're facing the Steelers' defense. I I do not want Jamison Crowder in my lineup. Uh, well, you know, I mean, you go against the Steelers, you want to go against Mike Hilton in the slot. That's the weak spot of their of their secondary. And so Jamison Crowder did have two touchdowns last week, and he he did score. He had eleven targets. I'm going to follow that. That's the one place where you can see them maybe having 
a chance to throw the ball against the Steelers is uh, the matchup for Jamison Crowder against Mike Hilton. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt coming off a strong game like that, scoring touchdowns, and maybe, you know, he what, he got an 18-yard touchdown in the red zone. Uh, maybe he gets a couple more looks if they can get down there. It's I don't love the scoring upside overall for the Jets, but I think if they're going to be having any success, Jamison Crowder has to be a part of it. <laughs> Did they change quarterbacks? Do I not know until that? You you can pin your hopes on Sam Darnold? <laughs> uh, I will let Michael Salfino answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had like a bat phone, a Salfino phone. We could dial him up right now. Oh, his Salfino ears would probably give you, ringing or something. give you 17 different ways Sam Darnold can beat you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Well, let's talk about one more wide receiver who is going up against a very good defense that has had some weaknesses, some vulnerabilities against slot receivers this season. That is John Brown against the Patriots. First time these two teams played, John Brown got 11 targets, caught five of them for 69 yards. Again, that was way back in week four. The two teams are different since then. But John Brown, another guy who uh, is going to be on a lot of championship teams. I bet guys 11th in ownership rate among the top Yahoo teams. That's right between DJ Moore and Jameis Winston to tell you uh, how many good teams John Brown has been a part of this season. You guys are virtually the same on him this week. Jake at 40 or at 38, excuse me, and uh, Brandon at wide receiver 40. Uh, Brandon, how deep do you think you need to be to sit John Brown? I know the matchup's tough, but he's been pretty consistent this season. Yeah, he was until this last month, and then we started seeing 39, 26, and 26 yards put up. I mean, before that, he was just the machine of kind of giving you 60, 70 plus, and then we saw him return last week with 99 yards. Um, I, you know, he's going to draw Stephon Gilmore. It's not good. I mean, you're going against New England. It's as bad a matchup as it gets, but he did catch five balls for 69 yards last time, and that's kind of I mean, that's kind of what I'm looking at as for a ceiling. I think it's about as good as you can get against New England. Uh, Josh Allen, his ability to buy time. There's always, you know, a playground play that might work out for John Brown given his, his speed, but New England's so good. They know what they're getting into. It's it's Singletary and John Brown that you have to stop, and and – you know they'll come up with uh, good ways to limit the production there, and they won't give up a big, a big, big play to John Brown. I feel pretty confident about that. So, uh, so yeah, I could easily see myself sitting John Brown. In fact, I I think I do have John Brown in one of the leagues, and I'm still going in, and he will not be with me uh, in Week 16. Yeah, there's, you talk about the limiting, not giving up a big play, probably not giving up a touchdown either. Three wide receiver touchdowns on the entire season, and one of those still inexplicably, I don't know how Golden Tate. That got that broken of a play against the Patriots. So they just they fell asleep or something on that play. I don't. I still don't know how that one happened. But that being said, with John Brown, you know, look, look. I'll just give it. I'll give you this way and kind of answer it in like a hey, this is who I have him around. I have him around Debo and Curtis Samuel and Juju Smith-Schuster and Greg Ward and Jamison Crowder, who we just talked about. As things, I, I want better options, but you might not have them. You, you this is kind of one of you. You said how deep are you? You might not be deep enough, but you know there's a chance. Like I got Darius Slayton way ahead of him at this point. You know Darius Slayton, Brashard Perriman. We talked about earlier Terry McLaurin. These kind of guys. Like I want to have these options, and hopefully you have them. Yeah, I think that's I think that's totally fair, and that's why I, I phrased the question like that. Like even though it's the tough matchup, still got to be relatively deep to be sitting John Brown down. So I guess congratulations to you, Brandon, in that one league. You must be pretty deep at the position. Uh, yeah, I must be. I can't tell you who, who I have, but uh, I must be pretty deep. <laughs> All right, well, maybe you can tell us uh, who you're going to be taking a chance on at the wide receiver position if you need to. There's going to be a lot of people who need to. That's why we're talking about the likes of Justin Watson and James Washington with all the wide receiver injuries we've had over the last couple of weeks. Who's someone you're comfortable taking a chance on at the wide receiver position this week, Brandon? Um, I think I would. I could say I'll throw Anthony Miller just with the amount of looks he's been getting in a game against KC, uh, where you figure they're gonna have to throw the ball. Um, I think him and and, and Darius Slayton uh, going up against Washington. I think those are two guys. I just don't want to throw out names that are gonna be a whole lot deeper than that. I didn't step on any of your toes with with those, did I, Jake? No, no, no. Uh, I, and I was gonna go for the NFC East, and I'll even I'll help you with a double transition here, Mike. Is that the fact that injury <laughs> and quarterback double transition? Because I was gonna throw out Terry McLaurin and Michael Gallup, but with Michael Gallup, who I actually think could have a better game than Mari Cooper. 
Maybe now, because as we've been recording this show, the news came out that Dak Prescott wasn't even taking first-team reps. Cooper Rush is taking first-team reps. Geez. Dak Prescott might not even practice the entire week. Is expected to play. Is expect, I mean, it's a must-win game, but he the, the report is he might not practice this entire week. Oof. That is a tough one. Like, must win, as you say, against uh, the Eagles. Winner of that game, uh, perhaps, since goes on. Well, if Cowboys win, they do in the NFC East. The Eagles would still need to uh, get a win or a Cowboys loss in Week 17 to win the division uh, with their uh, with the uh, if they win this game. But that's uh, that's a big one for uh, the entire Cowboys team with Dak dealing with that uh, hand injury. Um, some injuries at the wide receiver position we'll be watching the next couple of days. Sounds like DJ Chark's going to be able to play. He has an ankle injury, but does sound like he is trending in the right direction. Julian Edelman, questionable every week, although this week it does sound a little bit more dodgy than it's been all season, so maybe keep a closer eye on it uh, than you have been all season. This might not be purely a Boy Who Cried Wolf situation from the Patriots as it's been all year. Will Fuller expected to uh, make his return or at least has a good chance to make a return from a hamstring injury. We've talked about Juju still dealing with the knee issue. It does sound like he might be able to get back this week. And then I've got Chris Godwin and Mike Evans written down here because this morning uh, wasn't officially official, but now Mike Evans officially official done for the season and Chris Godwin looking like he will not play also this week as well. Uh, quarterback now, Josh Allen. We have to talk about him. We have to hit on a bill pretty much at every spot because of the matchup with the Patriots. And Josh Allen, this is a guy you've been riding all season if you've had him 14th in ownership rate among the top Yahoo teams, but that start percentage way, way down, 23% on CBS and 24% on Yahoo. You guys are right there with the people who are benching him. Jake at QB17, Brandon at QB20. That first game against New England was ugly, 153 yards, five and a half yards per attempt, three interceptions. He did run for a touchdown, but is that what you have to hope for in this one uh, to get a good game out of Josh Allen? We'll start with you, Jake. Yeah, I think that even if you're looking at his game against Baltimore, that that's kind of what your concern is as well. In that game, 146 and one touchdown, nothing rushing, two for nine on the ground, and that was a 10-point. That's actually worse than the Patriots game because he had that rushing touchdown on 26 yards. So this is the floor, and this is the concern with Josh Allen. You know, he's not going to be throwing for 300 yards. I think his season – actually, I'll check right – yeah, 266 is his season high. He's not throwing for 300 yards. He's only throwing for three touchdowns once against Miami. So I, I just – I got to hope you have better options and made plans because we warned, we warned, we warned, and kudos to Josh Allen and the Bills as a whole for – you know, going up against this schedule that we all thought might knock him out of the playoffs, and they've been looking great. But for fantasy purposes, you knew this is coming. I hope you made plans because I do. They, they put him on the bench with James McGrath and the rest of them. I, I don't want to <laughs> touch him unless you have to. Yeah, and you mentioned his numbers against the Patriots last time, and it's it basically you've basically described what the Patriots do to quarterbacks because they're giving up 170 yards per game through the air and a 5.7 YPA. So Josh Allen's numbers were slightly below that, but really kind of in the ballpark of what New England does. A 57.4 quarterback rating allowed. Uh, there's just virtually no passing upside in this game. It would have to be all on Josh Allen's legs. And, you know, New England knows how to handle running quarterbacks as well. They've been dealing with Josh Allen very well uh, the last couple of years. So um, I don't I don't feel like there's much potential for the rushing side of Josh Allen to do much either. Um, and really, like most most people that have Josh Allen, they drafted him as kind of like a luxury upside backup. I think, you know. Probably most people that have Josh Allen have a another pretty good quarterback that they drafted ahead of him. Um, so I think there's better. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick's out there. He's a better option. There's lots of better options this week. You know, guys, we've been paying a lot of attention all season, and rightfully so, to Lamar Jackson. He's going to be the MVP. He is the fantasy MVP as well, largely because not only of his production, but the return on investment that he provided. You do not have to spend a high pick to get Lamar Jackson. Then he goes out and turns in a QB1 and RB1 season all in one package. Well, another big return on investment guy at the quarterback position that hasn't gotten that brand of attention this year is Jameis Winston, QB2. Jameis Winston, even with all those interceptions, because he leads the league in passing yards, he's got 30 touchdowns on the year, and he has been someone who you've been able to rely on even when you're accounting for the turnovers uh, that he puts up in pretty much every single game. Now this week, he is going to be without those two big receivers, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, but that is not steering you guys away from him one bit. Jakey QB5, 
Brandon at QB4. Brandon, we'll start with you. Um, you know, my question here says still firing up with confidence. I guess this is a resounding yes. Yeah, it has to do with pass volume. You know, Bruce Arians isn't going to pull back the reins on this. I don't know. I mean, obviously, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans being in there is nice, but Jameson's going to chuck it, and he's in a groove right now, and he's at home, and I think he's only had one game below 300 yards at home. That was week one against San Francisco. He was a mixed bag early on because I have him in a league with Tom Brady, and I was riding Tom Brady, Brady early in the year uh, after Tampa's bye uh, Winston's come out and he's been on absolute fire. You still get the interceptions, but we always talk about this. In most fantasy leagues, the interceptions don't hurt you a whole lot when you're putting up 400 yards and a couple touchdowns at minimum. So uh, even without Godwin and Evans, I still expect him to to be 300 plus and a couple touchdowns and throwing it 40 to 40 to 50 times this week. And if I get a couple interceptions along the way, um, I can live with that. Uh, I and I kind of don't want to. It, this he's this high, but I don't feel great about it honestly. And I, I don't know that you know I go into this and look at the projections and I say yeah, it just doesn't feel right in my gut because, yeah, I can live with the interceptions unless we're not living with those interceptions that he had in the five interception game where that was his one really awful game. And granted, it's only one, but. It's still the downside of like, and I'm not saying this to Brandon because I know Brandon knows this as much as you do and anybody else does. We have to be real about, we're talking about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. We're talking about two top 15, arguably inside top 10 talent wide receivers that he lost in back-to-back weeks. And now he's down to Bashad Perriman, who's been kicked around the league and kicked around teams, a deep threat, and Justin Watson, who's barely been on the field. So... I know he has O.J. Howard. I know we talked about that earlier. I just, I still, this gives me hesitation. I, I know I have him there. As I said, that's where my projections are. I have my home league. I'm going to keep him there. I'm not benching him for Ryan Fitzpatrick, who I also made plans for when Winston started to get that thumb injury situation. But behind him, if I could turn, you know, Dak Prescott, obviously I'm not turning to him now. But if I have Drew Brees, and the, despite the fact he's behind Winston, you know, I might just play Breeze. I might just play Kyler Murray because I know he's going to run some still. I might play Aaron Rodgers, who's been efficient and a, almost a game manager this year. I think it's going to come down to a conversation we've been having with a couple players uh, on this show so far. If your team is stacked and you want the safe play, I'm going elsewhere. If you just need to shoot for the upside, Jameis Winston has as much upside as Deshaun Watson. Well, what about a guy who has been there with Jameis in terms of scoring since he took over as his team starter? That is Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill, the QB3 in fantasy since taking over as Tennessee's starter in Week 7. Titans draw themselves a tough matchup at home this week against the Saints. Uh, took a tough loss to Houston. Uh, now they've got to probably win out. Definitely win out to win the AFC North or AFC South, excuse me. And that wouldn't do it if uh, Houston can get themselves one more win. They would still be the uh, the uh, champion of that division no matter what the Titans do. But the Titans might need to win out just to make the playoffs at this point. Uh, they get this tough matchup at home against the Saints. You guys both have Tannehill in the QB1 class. Jake at 12, Brandon at 10. Jake, I'm going to start with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think trustworthy is the word I've got written here, which maybe is tough, but is he trustworthy against a defense like New Orleans? So it's, if you're talking about the defense about New Orleans, uh, look, look at the fact of before Jacoby Brissett, and it's nothing to write home about. I mean, 313 and 2 to Winston that we just talked about, 256 and 3 to Kyle Allen, 312 and 2 to Matt Ryan, 349 and 4 to Garoppolo. However, I'll say this Ryan Tannehill, Corey Davis is banged up, limited participation in practice today. And I think something that's getting overlooked and extremely overlooked, we all give credit to Marshawn Lattimore. Let's not gloss over the fact they picked up Jenkins off the Giants, who Jenkins, since week three or four, I forget, was actually inside the top 15 for corners this year. He had turned back into the Jenkins, which was, he actually basically did the same thing Lattimore did. Lattimore was exploitable the first three weeks. Both of them turned the corner almost around the same time, and he's been great. And you kick Eli Apple to the bench or into the slot and then move P.J. Williams out of there, Again, maybe he's only out there for 10 plays, 15 plays, because he's trying to grasp a defense, but it is defense at his corner. It shouldn't be that hard for him to move over and play for this team. But I think that people are overlooking the addition of Jenkins. And if you're already talking about Lattimore shutting down receivers and the concern of A.J. Brown and nobody else to really throw to besides Jono and a banged-up Corey Davis, I think the Jenkins addition is why I have Tannehill at 12. Still as a QB1, but if we're talking about recent performance and what the Saints have been doing, honestly, Tannehill Hill deserves to be kind of near the top five. 
Yeah, no doubt. I mean, such a high rate of completion and great YPA. I mean, but you look at his run, and he hasn't really faced a great defense. New Orleans is probably the best defense he'll face. But as Jake mentioned, there's been success uh, for quarterbacks against this defense in New Orleans away from home uh, pretty much – Every quarterback, save except for one, I would believe, has had a pretty solid fantasy day when the Saints have gone on the road. And, I, and the one thing about Tannehill is four rushing touchdowns in, in his past six games. He's got a, you know, a few of those games where 35-plus rushing yards, better than uh, the kind of the average quarterback in terms of his ability to pad his numbers with rushing uh, with rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. So you have to factor that in, factor how well he's been playing, and just be a little bit uh, you know, hesitant because of the matchup, because the Saints are a talented defense. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm in the same vicinity as Jake at QB10, uh, but I think back-end QB1 best describes him this week. Go a couple of ticks down your guys' quarterback rankings, and that's where you're going to find Carson Wentz, Jake at 14, and Brandon at 15. Last three games, he has been very good, at least from a fantasy perspective. 901 yards, eight touchdowns, just one interception, only six and a half yards per attempt for those 901 yards. But, hey, we don't really care about the efficiency in the fantasy world. You're averaging 300 yards and close to three touchdowns per game. That's going to play. Now, he's done that against the Giants, Dolphins, and Redskins this week. He gets the Cowboys. Uh, we're going to start with you on this one, Brandon. Can he follow that up? Can he keep this pattern rolling? Or is there going to be a little bit of a downturn for him this week? You said the reason why I'm not excited about it is uh, it was the Dolphins, Giants, and Redskins. And he's still, you know, his yards per attempt are still in the mid-sixes. And this is going to be a Dallas defense that this is going to be a war. I mean, this is for everything. And the, Dallas has a lot more to play for right now than any of the teams he's faced in the last three games. When you look at Philly, there's still the issues with replacements at wide receiver. This is a tight end dominated passing attack. Um, you know, it's it's good for Miles Sanders because he's the explosive guy in this offense now. And if you're a Miles Sanders owner like I am, I like the setup of, the, of this offense right now because they need to use him every which way. But uh, I expect this to be a little bit more of a slog for Carson Wentz. Uh, I don't see his ceiling being that high. That's why I kind of have him ranked outside the QB1 range. I actually think he's got a high ceiling. I think this is with the risk associated with his potential number one being Greg Ward or Nelson Aguilar, and I'll give him a ton of credit for Carson Wentz doing what a lot of people thought Carson Wentz could do at the beginning of the season, and that's turn garbage into amazing things over the past couple of games. And, yes, the defenses he's faced, hey, let's be real, I agree with you, it's been nothing to write home about, but let's take a look at the Cowboys' defense for the last two games. Oh, they just let Mitch Trubisky throw for 244 and three touchdowns. They let Jared Goff rebound for 284 and two touchdowns. And I'll say this, 51 attempts for the Rams. This Dallas Cowboys' defense is not what it used to be, and if it's pushing the pace and the score, I think that's where it really starts to get vulnerable because it's an aggressive defense, and I think that's where they can overplay and where Carson Wentz can take advantage, to your point about Miles Sanders and Boston Scott out of the backfield and Zach Ertz, and I think there could be a lot of noise here. However, I know this is going to sound, well, not crazy, but it makes sense probably to a lot of people. If Zach Prescott's not playing, then I'm not so excited about Carson Wentz because I don't see the score being pushed. Right, right. That could definitely change the uh, the overall uh, ceiling of this game as a whole. Right now, uh, the Cowboys are three point favorites in Philadelphia, uh, and over under at uh, I think like forty six and a half. It's somewhere right in that mid. I would smash that if the books haven't changed it. Like I would be surprised if the books haven't pulled that with that news about Dak Prescott. Yeah, they, that's got to be – that's a good point. It's got to come off the board but uh, at this point. But earlier today, when uh, there was before Dallas's practice reports were out, it was at Dallas minus three. So we'll see where that ends up going. We'll see where that ends up being if Dak Prescott is in or out. But Carson Wentz, as you guys said, at least for the time being for the two of you, just outside the QB1 class. Let's talk about quarterbacks to take a chance on. Week 16, want to take a chance on your quarterback in your fantasy championship? Who might that guy be? Jake, we'll start with you on this. Uh, Fitzpatrick. It, look, here's Fitz. the, thing. <laughs> the Bengals have actually been better than people think, and it's not just because people are like, oh, well, you just run on them, and that's how you can – like, you can legitimately see the, the fact that William Jackson does a good job, uh, somebody that nobody talks about because he's on the Bengals, is limiting wide receivers. I won't say shut down, similar to Lattimore. But the Bengals' pass, second, the pass defense is respectable. They've held a lot of quarterbacks to less than 250 yards passing. Again, part of that's you don't need to throw for a ton, but that's where I'll say, you know what? I don't really care because 33 
is the fewest pass attempts by Ryan Fitzpatrick since week six. He's going to throw the ball to Dolphins. Throw, 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 throw. So he's going to throw to Laird and Gaskin out of the backfield. He's going to throw a ton to Devontae Parker and whoever else is suiting up at wide receiver this week for them. So I'm not that concerned just because, again, this is he's the top, in my opinion, streamer, and there's not a lot of good ones this week. No, gosh, that's the guy I wanted to say. And now you're going to make me say a name I don't want to say, but I think you have don't to. Don't say it. Just agree. <laughs> I, I agree, I agree on, on Fitz. Fitzpatrick. I would throw Mitch Trubisky out there. Um, Ugh. He's throwing a lot. <laughs> Eight touchdowns in his last four games. Two rushing touchdowns. Again, you get the you get the rushing uh, potential, which um, – you know, he's starting to do uh, more in the last month. And he got a game against Kansas City where you figure he's going to have to throw. Kansas City has been kind of mid middle of the pack in terms of fancy points allowed to the position. But um, Trubisky, as much as I don't like him and don't think he's that great of a quarterback, you can't deny what he's been doing the last four weeks. And, yeah, I, I would go Ryan Fitzpatrick. But if there's Here's- no Ryan Fitzpatrick, I would – you know, maybe look at Trubisky and say, well, he's a he's an all or nothing kind of, you know, play okay, I'll, I'll give you all or nothing because I, I do the show, you know, this with Brad Ziegler and he's a Chiefs fan. So all we hear about is the damn Chiefs all year long. And all he's been talking <laughs> about is that his their pass defense is so much better than people think. I will say this, Brandon, my concern is they've only given up five games with two plus touchdowns and only two or two or three with three. I forget. Ask Brad. He would know. <laughs> Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going down on the Trubisky ship, so I'm jumping off. I'll, 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 I'll join you on the Fitzpatrick uh, boat any, any day of the week here. Uh, uh, Steve Spagnuolo has been dialing up a lot of pressure, and that's something that uh, the Bears' offensive line has had trouble dealing with this season. So that could be an issue for him. And I could tell you guys, being a Chicago resident, I've uh, already looked ahead to the uh, to the weekend forecast, and going to be very nice for Chicago in the third week of December, uh, 40s and no precipitation whatsoever. So even though that's a night game on Sunday, should be pretty nice weather to be playing football in Chicago on December 22nd, uh, which is what this Sunday is. Uh, Just a couple of injuries here at the quarterback position. Uh, Daniel Jones is going to be returning as the Giants starter. So Giants (laughs) sent Eli out on a high note in New York City. Daniel Jones back to starting for the Giants this week. And then as we've been talking about a little bit here, (laughs) hey, they won. I mean, they won the game. They won, but it's like, hey, you're back to the bench now that our rookie's healthy. (laughs) (laughs) At least it was, you know, got to go out his last game as a Giant in, I said New York City, but in the New York City metropolitan area with a win. That's nice. Hey, breaking news for you. Josh, Josh Jacobs is not playing this week. Oh, Wow. Really quick, let me get your take on, uh, Jake, you first, DeAndre Washington. I think DeAndre Washington's in the conversation as a low-end RB2. I'm looking at my ranks right now. He would probably, if I was just ranking, I'd probably put him right around like the Marlon Mack, Lindsey, Mostert range. And I think that's like, I would play him over Kareem Hunt and the fact of that floor that we're talking about. I think he's going to settle in right around there as a low-end RB2. Yeah, I think I'm looking at right about RB20 overall. I had uh, Jacobs up. I, th- I had him at RB thirteen, so I think, you know, DeAndre Washington, I don't, I don't deem as an equal talent, and he would drop down, but he'd still be a very playable commodity for me against Jackson or against the uh, against the Chargers. There you go. Uh, big breaking news right here at the end of the ranking show. No Josh Jacobs, DeAndre Washington stepping into the spotlight for Oakland. Daniel Jones back in the spotlight for the Giants. And as we've already talked about, Dak Prescott with that hand injury may not practice, may not play in this huge game against the Eagles. Although, got to believe uh, that hand's going to have to be amputated for Dak to not <laughs> take the field in what could uh, decide the NFC East and who goes to the playoffs between those two teams. Finally, we wrap this up. With tight ends, and as we've been doing the last few weeks, this is a position where you know exactly where you stand. You're either a have or a have-not. If you are a have-not, who might be able to save you in Week 16? Brandon, we'll go with you first on this one. Uh, I think you got to go with O.J. Howard with all the injuries there going up against Houston. I mean, he's averaging over 60 yards his last three games, and you got – uh, Greg Allman from The Athletic, you know, tweeting out that Cam told uh, – or that Jameis told Cam and, and O.J. Howard that they were going to get the rock this week. So it certainly makes a whole lot of sense. I think O.J. Howard's probably a safe back-end, tight-end one play this week at minimum. 
Yeah, it's, I'd still go over him with a couple options. I just can't trust Bruce Arians with that use of OJ Howard. At least watch it be a – you mentioned it. Watch it be a Cameron Brake game. So uh, I'll give you two. Noah Fant and Mike Kosicki are both in great situations this week against the Broncos and against the Bengals, and the Bengals have been up there almost as – not quite the Seahawks and the Cardinals level. Sorry to take that shot at you there, Brandon. But they're, they're not far behind where if you want to attack them in the Lions at this point, you know, they've just been abysmal over the past couple of weeks. I think both of those are in play. I, I do like O.J. Howard still. He's inside my top – he's actually 16 for me, but I would play Fant and Kosicki before I went his route. There you go, guys. We've talked about a lot in this space. Go ahead, Brandon. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I have Fant and Howard back-to-back, so I, I'm, I'm good on, on there you Fant go. as well. I actually had I like. Out. I do like how Hollister snuck inside the 60% threshold like just by the time we did this show because he wasn't there on Tuesday. <laughs> hey, man. It's a, he's, he's there now. He's there, I promise he's there now. But he's another one of those guys who could fit into that discussion, certainly. Uh, maybe Arizona. not quite. He's like one of those guys in that uh, – yeah, Arizona, right? And he's one of those guys who's – one of the few guys in the tight end gray area, right? Maybe not totally a have, but also not a have not if you've got him. He's but been, either way. He's honestly been miserable for a while, but yeah, it's all about yeah. facing Arizona. It's uh, been a, a pretty provable, uh, trustable pattern this season. You go up against Arizona, you're a tight end. More likely than not, you're going to have yourselves a good game. And if you're listening to this, we definitely hope that you have a good game this weekend because that would mean that you are a fantasy football champion for the 2019 season. You're all champions in our eyes for listening to us on the ranking show all year long. It's been a lot of fun for the three of us to do. We're going to have one more episode after the new year. We will not have a Week 17 episode. We will be back with you to look at 2020 rankings in early January. But just want to say thank you for listening to us all season long. Obviously, couldn't do it without some ears on the other end of these microphones. So we really do appreciate uh, you guys tuning in with us, spending an hour of your week uh, listening to us talk about rankings and talk about who hates who and whatever other nonsense we're getting into. So thank you so much uh, for Jake Seely, for Brandon Funston. I'm Michael Beller. This has been The Ranking Show here at The Athletic. Now let's all go out there this weekend and win ourselves some fantasy football championships. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. <laughs>